0: Hello Misfits, this is Kate.
1: And this is Kevin.
0: Welcome to Horrorwood. Sure do you want to shout him yeah.
1: out yeah Ewan Patrick Goddard
0: oh wow we really got Sorry. the full name there we got the full name <laughs>
1: Ewan uh, is my one of my best friends from London hi Ewan um, and he's amazing and I'm obsessed with him and I'm super excited he's part of our Patreon yeah,
0: he's one of our accomplices he
1: listens to our podcast from England
0: la 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 I don't know why I did that
1: I love it thank I you. when I think England I think
0: la la la, la. la, la. Uh, thank you so much Ewan we really appreciate appreciate it and I think we're just gonna jump right into this one I love today. it today I'm sure you read the title we are discussing the power rangers killer
1: that's right
0: yeah you forgot I do- I'm
1: sorry Kate my mind I know, someone says thing week. and then it like
0: oh, it's been a crazy week
1: I saw an ad what did remind me of this was I saw an ad on tiktok some clothing company I've never heard of is doing like uh, Power Ranger s- suit style like sweat. Oh, clothes. OK. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, because I used to be <laughs> exactly like that. Yeah. yeah. I used to be obsessed with Power Rangers. And when really? I say obsessed, you can find pictures of me dressed as the Red Ranger for Halloween. I had all the toys. Oh, wow. I would watch it every morning before kindergarten. Oh,
0: my goodness. I used to
1: go to McDonald's and, like, get all the toys, and my friends and I would go out on the playground, and we would, like, do the, the- you know, more mighty, it's morphin' time.
0: Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I do know that part. Yeah. I was, it- I never watched really, though. Oh. <gasps> oh. Rita
1: Repulsa is like in the beginning when she pops out of the, the ground on that other planet, she's like, ah, I've, ah, uh, 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 I'm free. It's been 10,000 years. Shit, I really messed that up. <laughs> I
0: loved it. <laughs> That's the perfect introduction. Oh, no,
1: I know. Ah, after 10,000 years, I'm free. Time to conquer Earth. Wow.
0: <laughs> Kevin has had a very busy week, and he's a little sleep-deprived.
1: I apologize, but um, I think of that when I'm alone.
0: Just a little something about Kevin. Well, today it's not about
1: Rita that person
0: you said. Uh, a lot of times when there's mention of the Power Rangers killer, many think of the case involving Skylar DeLeon, who not only killed a man back in 2003, but a year later killed retired couple Tom and Jackie Hawks by binding and gagging them and then throwing them overboard off their own yacht as they were tied to the yacht's anchor oh my god i want to say so skylar transitioned from male to female while in prison so at the time of those murder at the time of those murders she was male i'm going to refer to her as she though sure Several articles will refer to her as former child actor or former star of the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. But I think that's a stretch. Skylar was never one of the Power Rangers. If anything, she was an uncredited extra. And even that is up for debate because there are claims online that the picture shown that is supposed to be Skylar on the Power Rangers is actually a photo of a different child.
1: Oh, God, that's not great.
0: There are claims that she appeared in commercials as a kid, but after that, her career didn't really go anywhere. So I was going to include Skylar's case in this episode. Mm-hmm. But it's a stretch to link her to Hollywood, I think. I might cover it in the future at some point. We'll see. A lot of podcasts have covered it. But today, I want to focus on a different murder that is oddly also linked to the Power Rangers series.
1: When you said that she was an extra, I was thinking of like the putties, which are these great th- gray fighting monsters that Rita Repulsa creates out of clay.
0: Okay. It's not about Rita Repulsa. Just it's really not.
1: But when you say Power Rangers, Kate, Rita, Rita's name is right up there with, with the five and Zordon and.
0: Wow. These are all names that do not appear anywhere else in this episode. (laughs) Continue. Okay. I only came across this, this case that we're talking about today because I was researching Skylar Deleon. Mm-hmm. Today, we are talking about the murder of 36-year-old Joshua Sutter, or Josh. Though I couldn't find his exact birth date written out anywhere online, I believe, based on putting two and two together, of what I've read, that he was born March 16, 1978. My apologies to his family if I've gotten that wrong. Mm-hmm. When Josh was born, he was really sick and had to have multiple open-heart surgeries. Mm-hmm. He lived the first year of his life in an incubator, His older sister, Rachel, said he was a bubble baby.
1: Like John Travolta in that movie.
0: I thought it was Jake Gyllenhaal.
1: I think there was an older movie with John Travolta where he was in a bubble. Okay. I don't know. I'm not familiar with the Jake Gyllenhaal one.
0: Maybe I made it up. I don't know.
1: I mean, if that doesn't exist, I think it should. It should?
0: All right. Josh's parents divorced when he was a kid, and he grew up in Florida with his dad, Don, and his stepmom, Darlene. Darlene describes her stepson as someone with a big heart who loved animals. She said he wasn't a fighter unless someone was hurting a girl, and then he'd help. But otherwise, he avoided violence. When Josh was a teenager, the Sutters moved to Malacca, Minnesota, which that can be tough moving states at that age because you're going to a new school and you have to make all new friends. But Darlene said that Josh made friends easily. He had a lot of friends and was a happy-go-lucky kid. Hmm. However, Josh ended up dropping out of Malacca High School after already attending for three years. At least that's what I read. An article in Wasika County News states he dropped out at the age of 18, which I found odd because if you've already gone for three years, you're not that far from finishing.
1: Yeah, just finish it out. And
0: And the article says he dropped out when he was 18, which he was 15 when the family moved to Malacca. So there's a good chance he had already attended high school for a year in Florida. Mm. And it just made me wonder if this journalist was told he attended Malacca High School for three years and then got a job at such and such place. Like, maybe he just graduated. Yeah. So not really sure there. Okay. Regardless, after dropping out or graduating from high school, Josh got a job at the Grand Casino Mille Lacs and then later worked at a plastics manufacturer. But he only stuck around Minnesota for a short time after high school and end up, ended up moving to Arizona, which is where his birth mother lived. I see. Okay. While living in Arizona, Josh fathered a child. I couldn't find much else about his time in Arizona, but a few years later, Josh's older sister, Rachel, who was living in Los Angeles at Mm -hmm. the time, opened up a dog rescue business and she needed help. Josh's daughter stayed with her mom in Arizona. And in 2011, Josh moved to LA to help open the Lucky Puppy, which specialized in the sale of rescue dogs. (gasps) I think Rachel started the business with good intentions, but it all goes downhill, Mm. and we'll get to that a little later, so put a pin in it. Josh was great in helping with the construction that needed to be done. Rachel said he could build anything and fix anything. Amazing. Plus, he was really good with all the animals.
1: Handyman.
0: Handyman. It was while working at the Lucky Puppy that Josh met Sandra Vasquez, who also began working at the business, and it was... Puppy love. Ugh. I'll see myself out.
1: Get out of here, Kate. I'm Give gone. me your notes. It's just going to be me and the listeners. <laughs> Vanished. <laughs> Anywho, the puppy. <laughs> ma- <laughs> I love the folly artist like closing Thank of the you. doors. <laughs> Kate left. and I are producing. We're making choices.
0: We're doing sound <laughs> effects. Sandra said what attracted her to Josh was his warm nature and his willingness to talk to anyone. By all accounts, he was a friendly guy. People said he was kind of quiet, very loyal, and there just wasn't a mean bone in his body. That's nice. However, he and his sister Rachel did have an argument at one point. I don't know what it was over. Hmm. But he left the house and had her credit card in his wallet. So she goes running after him and she's like, hey, give me my card back. At which point he flung the wallet at her. Oh, He's like, here, take the whole thing. Rachel said it hit her in the face, causing her lip to bleed.
1: Oh, my God.
0: And she decided she was going to teach her little brother a lesson. She called the police, and the cops arrested Josh for domestic violence. Oh, shit. And this comes back later.
1: Okay. Well, I mean, when you hit someone, even with an object, that's violence.
0: Yeah, it's not great. Sometime in 2014, I believe it was, Rachel was on an online dating site, and it was there that she matched with Ricardo Medina Jr. She saw his profile pic, thought he was attractive, he expressed an interest in dogs, so immediately they had that in common, and he was a bit of a TV celebrity. In 2002, he played Cole Evans, aka the Red Lion Wild Force Ranger, in the series Power Rangers Wild Force. That led to a role in an episode of ER, then an episode of CSI Miami, and nearly a decade after Power Rangers Wild Force, Medina was offered the role of Decker, I think it's pronounced, in another version of Power Rangers, which was Power Rangers Samurai. And he did voiceover work for multiple Power Rangers video games. I imagine that if you were to see him on an online dating site, those qualities would be attractive to some. Oh, hell
1: yeah. I could see that. I'm a Power Ranger. I'm hot as fuck. Like... Let's go.
0: Maybe wait till you hear more about him. Medina was born on January 24th, 1979 and grew up in Downey, which is about a half hour south of Los Angeles. His parents divorced when he was young. His dad wasn't really in his life at all after that, but his mom remarried and Medina seems to have had a great relationship with his stepdad. That's nice. He gave an interview back in 2012, Medina did, Mm. where he talks about his upbringing and his career. I'm going to link it in the show notes. He describes himself as being a very rambunctious, hyperactive child and a wise-ass, his words. He says he gave his mom a lot of trouble. And his stepdad didn't feel like he could discipline him because he wasn't his biological father. Mm -hmm. So this kid is just kind of running amok. Yikes. Amok, Amuck! Medina said that when he was around seven or eight years old, his mom enrolled him in martial arts classes at their local YMCA where he took Taekwondo.
1: Did you ever do martial arts?
0: I really wanted to. I feel like I would have been so good at it, but I never did. My niece did, and she used to teach me some of her moves. Oh, that's
1: cool. Yeah. I did it. I tried it for a little while. Yeah? Like my parents took me to a gym. And it was like you could do gymnastics and martial arts. So I tried both of them. Okay. And it was fine. I just, I didn't really get into either.
0: Oh, I loved gymnastics. I did gymnastics for years. Ooh. Loved it.
1: Kate just did a backflip right out of the pod closet. Y'all missed it. Oh my
0: God. Medina's mom felt that the martial arts classes would help him channel all of that energy and learn respect and discipline. mm mm-hmm. Medina said, quote, that really helped me. They tried to control me and teach me some structure, and I needed that at that age. Kids like structure, and they like boundaries. They'll try to push those boundaries, but nevertheless, structure helps them feel safe, I think. Yeah. In his spare time, Medina spent a large portion of his childhood parked in front of the television. Didn't we all? Yep. Yep. What what was your go-to show when you were a kid, like coming home from school?
1: Oh, God. I was just thinking about this the other day. It changed over the years. But sure. I remember coming home, and I would watch uh, Sesame Street... And I would watch um, Ghostwriter. I think oh, it was yeah. called. Do you remember? I that? remember Ghostwriter. Yeah, yeah. And Reading Rainbow. Oh, of course. Then for a while there, I would come home and watch movies, and I would just rewatch the yep, same movies. Same. I watched The Wizard of Oz. Mm-hmm. I watched uh, the like the first Pokemon movie oh. with Mewtwo. Okay.
0: Um, the movie I watched over and over was My Fair Lady with Audrey Hepburn. And amazing. then I would also do Sound of Music at some time.
1: My mom and I would watch Pretty Woman all the time when I was a little kid.
0: That's concerning.
1: Well, you would think, <laughs> but I didn't understand the sex part of it. I was like, what are those pretty little things she pulls out of her boots and it's condoms?
0: Yep. So Liddy, Liddy? <laughs> That's not his name. Little Ricky Medina Mm -hmm. is sitting at home watching TV and wishing that he was the one on the screen. In 1993, when he was about 13 or 14 years old, the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers debuted on TV. I had no idea there were so many Power Rangers series. Like, if you look it up, it's like...
1: It still goes today, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I know that original. That okay. the, the OG is where I'm at. I the don't, Mighty Morphin. Yeah, the Mighty Morphin. I don't know the other iterations. There
0: were Power Rangers Megaforce, Power Rangers Dino Fury. I started counting all the series. Once I hit 20, I was like, I'm done. No, I'm stopping. There's so many.
1: Well, you know, the first Mighty Morphin Power Rangers was like a Japanese show. Like most oh. of it, most of it, like the action sequences and like the monster sequences, I think, were shot and created by this Japanese production company. And so they Americanized it I by see. adding like the actors
0: oh, okay. and stuff like
1: I'm almost 99.9% sure that's what it is.
0: Okay. Yeah. I just, I was never, I remember seeing a little bit of Mighty Morphin yeah. Power Rangers, but I never really got into it. Oh,
1: it hooked me.
0: I can tell.
1: I think about it a lot.
0: Yeah, you look like you do. Medina knew he wanted to be an actor. So once he graduated high school, he made the half-hour move up to Hollywood and got a job selling gym memberships while also going to auditions. Having grown up watching Power Rangers on TV, he dreamed of actually becoming one. He auditioned multiple times for various Power Rangers series it seemed like there was always a Power Ranger series starting up. So he was always called into audition.
1: <laughs> Just like there the, are the keep them coming.
0: Dino Fury, <laughs> Dino Fury, Megaforce. And Medina would get really close, like down to the last two or three guys every oh, time. Man. But he could never book it. Fuck. He said, quote, they liked me, but maybe they had issues. They never really went into why. I think I know why. Maybe they thought that I was too egotistical or too over the top. Eventually, Medina proved himself to the producers and was cast in Power Rangers Wild Force. He said, quote, Growing up, I just wanted to act. I just wanted to be on a show. I just wanted to do me. But I never considered having to get along with other actors.
1: Ooh, that's a weird thing to say.
0: It sure is. <laughs> The interview clip is only eight and a half minutes long, but it reveals a lot, I think, about his personality and how he sees himself. So um, like I said, I'm going to link it. It's on YouTube. You should watch it. He says repeatedly that he was a wild and crazy kid, egotistical, gave his mom a lot of trouble, and clashed with his co-stars. But of course, these aren't traits one would list on a dating profile. So when Rachel matched with him online, she saw a potentially great guy. They went out on a date and found they had a lot in common. She had also worked in the entertainment industry. She had done some modeling and some work in the adult entertainment business. They also both loved dogs. Medina told her he sometimes worked as a dog trainer, and apparently the two spent the whole date talking about dogs. Rachel said, quote, he couldn't have been more perfect for me. On their second date, however, things didn't go as well. He made a comment, something about how he preferred to date younger women, which she thought was odd and inappropriate, considering she was several years older than he was. She was just like, "Huh, okay."
1: That would rub me the wrong way.
0: Yeah, it did her. She realized that they probably were not a match romantically, and that was pretty much that. She was like, "Okay, obviously I'm not what you're into, into, so I'm just gonna move along." Yeah. As Rachel's dog rescue pet shop business grew, she was getting a lot of animals that were in pretty bad shape, like Mm. senior dogs, dogs with a lot of medical needs, and people weren't adopting these dogs. So she leased a ranch out in Palmdale, which is about an hour from L.A. She felt it would be a nice place for these, quote, unadoptable dogs, as she called them, to live out their days. But she needed someone to live on site and take care of the dogs and the property. And with her brother helping her at her pet shop, she thought of Medina because Medina was a dog trainer. They had such a connection over dogs. So she was like, you know what? I think he'd be a good guy to, to work there. So she and Medina came up with an agreement. He would live at the ranch rent free. And in exchange, he would take care of the dogs and the property. He said, sounds great. She said, great. And added his name to the lease. Mm-hmm. As soon as he moved into the ranch, however, Rachel said Medina's demeanor changed. Ooh. The ranch needed a lot of work, but Medina didn't really have any interest in doing it, despite that that was the whole reason he was living there. Yeah, and he's there for free. She said she would drive to the ranch to check on things and find him just like holed up in his bedroom, sometimes alone or sometimes with his girlfriend. So she had to hire several workers to fix the ranch up since Medina wasn't doing it. And he would inexplicably just butt heads with them which he should have been grateful because they were doing his job for him. So it's kind of weird. He also got into arguments with the landlord that Rachel was leasing from. It seems those martial arts classes that were supposed to teach him respected discipline, maybe not <laughs> money well spent. <laughs> I go- it's like he didn't want to do his job, but he didn't want people coming in to do it for him either. It was a weird situation mm. and he gave off some some interesting vibes. You would think he would be happy to have some work because his acting by that point had dried up. He hadn't been cast anything in a couple of years, so it's not like he was super busy on a set or anything. He was just lazy. Rachel wasn't happy with Medina's behavior. She told Cole Kasdan of Mel magazine, quote, "'He's the kind of person you know not to cross the line with. Even though he seemed super sweet and kind,' I knew better than to even knock on his door because I got this sense from him that he would just lose his mind. That's fucking that's terrifying. That's scary. What? Yeah. Ew. Uh... Like you can't even knock on your partner's door. Your tenant? Not she was. He wasn't her tenant, but like mm-hmm. they're on the lease together, and you can't even have an adult conversation about the property. Like that's not good. That's not good. He'd only lived at the ranch just a couple of months when Rachel was like, this guy's got to go. So she asked him to move out, which seemed completely reasonable considering he wasn't holding up his end of the deal. But he got angry and said he wasn't leaving. And then he threatened the animals, saying saying he would release them all into the woods and let the coyotes get them. So it would seem he was not an animal lover after all. Rachel was obviously concerned about her dogs, so she asked her brother Josh if he would move to the ranch to keep an eye on things. Josh was thrilled. He actually did love animals, and he loved nature, and he was a great handyman, so it seemed like a perfect situation for him.
1: I saw a video yesterday. I just needed to share it with you because I, it popped up in my mind when you said Was it coyotes? Ra-
0: Rita, whatever her name was?
1: Rita Repulsa.
0: Sorry, Rita Repulsa. (laughs) Ah, I couldn't remember it.
1: (laughs) No, it was a bunch of hyenas chewing on a dead hippo. Oh. But the hippo, you know, sometimes when those larger animals die, like whales specifically, they'll puff up with gas. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they'll They'll pop yeah. and explode and the hippo was full of gas and the coyotes were eating at it and it blew up <gasps> and like it shot the hyenas like uh, meters away from it
0: that is <laughs> the craziest thing I don't know what that has to do with anything in this episode but that is Isn't crazy that insane?
1: I just needed to bring it up Thank since you. we were talking about like predatory animals I oh okay animals. I see your train of yes. thought yeah yeah, yeah, yeah I don't just sit here and think I mean like well Maybe.
0: Maybe. So Josh was excited to move to the ranch, and I really wish, and Rachel does too, that she had just asked Josh from the start rather than bringing Medina into the picture. The day before Josh moved in, Medina said to Rachel over the phone, you'll never get rid of me. So Josh and Medina lived together for a while. Rachel's landlord was well aware of the issues going on, and in December of 2014, he issued a 30-day notice that the lease listing Medina as a tenant would be terminated. If he wasn't out by February 1st, 2015, then the landlord and Rachel could take legal action. Okay.
1: Well, at least they had a plan forward. Yes.
0: In the meantime, Josh is living with Medina at the ranch. Josh is taking care of the place, looking after the animals, while Medina is unemployed, living there for free, and just hanging out in his room with his girlfriend, who he apparently argued with constantly. Jesus. That on the afternoon of January 31st, 2015, Mm. one day before Medina was supposed to be out, the two men were at home. Josh was talking on the phone with his dad. His dad ran a nursery back in Minnesota, and Josh was asking him for tips about organic gardening because he wanted to grow organic vegetables to feed the dogs. (gasps) That's
1: cute.
0: Very sweet. And very sweet. Yeah. This phone call lasted 47 minutes. Towards the end of it, Medina's girlfriend, Judith Chung, arrived at the ranch. She'd brought over some takeout and some belongings, presumably to stay the night, I'm assuming. But she needed help carrying everything inside from her car. She honked the horn, but Medina didn't come out. So Judith gets out and goes to the door. Josh answers, says hi, lets her in. She asked Josh if Medina was there. And since Medina had been holed up in his room, Josh wasn't sure. And he Mm -hmm. answered maybe. So Judith went back to her car to grab some stuff. Then Medina weaseled his way out of his room and went outside to meet judith when they came back judith says they went straight into medina's room at that point josh's dad don heard a commotion in the background on this phone call and he heard some raised voices yeah so he asked his son what was going on and josh replied they're fighting they're always fighting Ugh. josh's phone call with his dad ended at 2:54 p.m What happens in the next few minutes is so bewildering, and we might never know the full details because the only witnesses who lived through it are a killer who wants to protect his own ass and his then-girlfriend, whose story about the events that day changes over time. According to Judith, Medina went into the kitchen to grab plates and utensils for the food that she'd brought over. Mm -hmm. She later said in court that when Medina went into the kitchen, she heard arguing but that's not what she had told police that afternoon. She said she didn't hear anything when Medina went into the kitchen. Medina then came back to his bedroom, but left again. Judith said this time she heard noises like thunder, like something was hitting something. Judith went to the kitchen to see what was happening, and that's when she saw her boyfriend, Medina, standing behind Josh with his arms around him, like a like a big bear hug, for lack of a better term. And... Josh's hands were down by his sides, and his back was to Medina. Court documents state the two men fell to the ground. So they're kind of like, there's a struggle. Judith testified that the two men were yelling, and when Medina released his grip, Josh began hitting him. But when prosecutors questioned her about this, she eventually revealed that Josh had only tried to hit his roommate once, but Medina was able to block it. Judith testified that she and Medina then went back into his bedroom and locked the door. However, that's not what's on the original investigator's report from the L.A. County Sheriff's Department. That report states that after this fight in the kitchen, Josh retreated into the bathroom with Judith, which would make sense to me if Josh felt Judith was in danger. Just based on what his stepmom had said about him walking he away from protects, violence. Yeah.
1: He likes to protect women from violence.
0: And he had already mentioned to his dad that they had been arguing. And so maybe he felt like things were escalating and that Judith might get hurt. I could see him pulling her into the bathroom. like To
1: protect her. Yes. Yeah. Okay.
0: The report makes no mention of Josh breaking down Medina's bedroom door, which is significant because it's what Medina hung his entire case on. In Medina's version of events, Josh was mad that Judith had come over, although nothing Judith said would indicate that, and I don't know why Josh would be mad that she was over there.
1: Didn't she live
0: there with them? No, 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 no. She was just uh, Medina's girlfriend. Oh, she girlfriend. was just visiting. Yeah. Oh,
1: I'm, I'm sorry. I thought maybe she was like a live-in girlfriend. No. no, no, no.
0: Medina said after the fight in the kitchen, he and Judith went back to his bedroom and locked the door. He told police his back was to the door when suddenly Josh kicked it open. In self-defense, Medina grabbed his 30-inch samurai sword that he referred to as his Conan the Barbarian sword. This is what I remember
1: about this story. Yes. That's the only thing, the sword. Mm -hmm. Jesus, just grab your sword. Yeah, and
0: it was very similar to his weapon in Power Rangers. And again, this is Medina's account. He said he gave Josh a poke. Judith gave a slightly different version, saying that when they went back to the bedroom, Medina locked the door but kept his hand on the knob. When they heard footsteps, that's when Medina grabbed the sword, Josh kicked the door open, and Medina's hand was outstretched holding the sword. Judas said, quote, It felt like a dream. It looked like he poked the sword. From where I was standing, it looked like a poke. I'll go into details about Josh's injuries in just a bit, but first... I want to go through what happened directly after. Okay. Medina ran to the bathroom to grab a towel and put on Josh's wound. He called 911. And in the call, Medina is heard saying to Josh, damn it, Josh, why did you do this, man? Why did you make me do this? So he's immediately blaming his victim. He's trying to wash himself of any responsibility. And Josh is heard screaming in the background and shouts, you came at me first. Emergency crews were dispatched at 3.50 p.m., almost an hour after Josh's phone call with his dad ended. Hmm. He was lying on the floor in the hallway when paramedics arrived, and he was still alive, though he was drifting in and out of consciousness. At the scene, Judith told police that after the poke from the sword, Josh fell to the ground and asked, What the fuck? Why the fuck did you do that to me? And she said Medina angrily responded, I don't know. I'm sorry. In court, Judith would testify that she didn't remember saying this to officers. Judith said that at the scene, Medina just kept repeating, Oh my God, my life is changing before my eyes. Again, he's only concerned about himself. Josh was taken by ambulance to the emergency room, where upon arrival, he went into cardiac arrest and died. Medina was arrested, but he claimed it was self-defense. Josh had come after him, breaking down his door. Sergeant Troy Ewing from the L.A. County Sheriff's Homicide Bureau led the investigation. He questioned Medina and Judith separately, and they did have some differences in their stories, which was cause for concern. Like Medina saying his back was to the door, but Judith saying he stayed at the door with his hand on the knob. Mm -hmm. And that would be a different case if he has his back to the door and he's taken by surprise because someone has broken in.
1: It sounds like he was anticipating
0: it. Yeah. Or is he standing there at the door with his hand on the knob Mm -hmm. ready to open it or what have you. Sergeant Ewing also noted that there wasn't much damage to the bedroom door. He felt if Josh had indeed kicked it open while it was locked, surely there would be more damage to it. When Sergeant Ewing presented the case to the L.A. District Attorney's Office, the D.A. didn't think there was enough evidence to file charges because they were holding Medina. But they felt Medina's claim of defense could hold up and investigators would need to look further in order to bring charges. So after three days, Medina was released. Reporters were waiting for him as he exited the courthouse, and he said he was happy to be out of jail, stating, I'm very, very sorry for what occurred. My heart goes out to the Sutter family. Investigators waited months to get the full coroner's report as well as the results from the crime lab. Mm-hmm. When they did, Medina's self defense claim started to fall apart a little bit there. It's not looking so good. Oh, right
1: now. and how? Sorry, I don't know. In what way?
0: Josh had lost more than half a gallon of blood by the time paramedics arrived.
1: Oh my fucking God, that's a lot of blood. A
0: lot. A blood pattern expert stated that more of a struggle had taken place rather than just one little poke like both Medina and Judith had claimed. And the coroner's report was very revealing. It stated Josh had 10 sharp force injuries along with slices to his hands and fingers. The injuries on his hands were so deep that some of his fingers were almost completely cut off. Ah. Those could be him trying to to grab the sword. sword. Oh, I don't like that. The fatal stab went through Josh's abdomen, puncturing his liver, (sighs) diaphragm, and right lung, then fracturing a rib before exiting Josh's back. This is an almost three-foot sword that Medina has pushed completely through Josh's body. That is
1: not a poke. That is not a fucking poke. That is a stab.
0: On the stand, Judith referred to the sword as a knife. Judith? Judith. Medina was also a very fit man. He had trained in martial arts for years. So if he truly did feel his life was threatened by his unarmed roommate, I feel—and this is just my opinion— that he could have defended himself without the use of a samurai sword. Sergeant Ewing also noted that Medina's bedroom had a sliding glass door, which was unlocked, that led to the backyard. And if he had truly felt threatened, he could have just simply left.
1: Mm, He didn't want to. Oh,
0: no, he did not. Based on these reports, they felt there was finally enough evidence against him, and in January of 2016, so a year after Josh was killed, Police arrested him, and the DA charged him with first-degree murder. good. His bail was set at a million dollars. Good. And when Judith, Medina's now ex-girlfriend, took the stand at that preliminary hearing and contradicted her own statements she had given to police at the scene, it wasn't looking good for Medina. She was the only other witness, but when questioned on the stand, she mostly just responded with, I don't remember. Like how she didn't remember telling officers that after Medina stabbed him, Josh asked, why the fuck did you do this to me? And Medina replied, I don't know. I'm sorry. And I do realize Judith was probably scared out of her mind on the stand because number one, she's no longer dating this man. Two, she witnessed him kill someone. And if he goes free, he could come for her next. Like I would be terrified. I think that's a difficult position to be in so I would say good for her for going in and giving a testimony but I do feel at the scene she was trying to protect Medina
1: yeah I get it but like do the right thing Judith
0: Medina was offered a plea deal if he pleaded guilty to voluntary manslaughter he would be sentenced to six years but if he went to trial and was found guilty of murder he'd be sentenced to 26 years to life Prior to the killing, Medina had no criminal record, Hmm. which is wild that you go from no record to To murder murder with a samurai sword. So it was either spend six years in jail, which would likely get reduced for time served and good behavior. He'd already been behind bars for a year waiting for the prelim hearing. So he wasn't going to really have to serve a ton of time or he could risk going to prison for the rest of his life. And Josh, remember, did have a record. That battery charge for domestic violence Rachel had filed, the DA informed her that it didn't look good for Josh because his record could turn a jury against him. So both sides agreed to the plea deal and Medina was sentenced to six years in jail for voluntary manslaughter. And he did get out early, around three years or so. So he is out. He's walking around. Rachel removed all the animals from the ranch and brought them to her shop, and the shop was definitely not big enough to house them all. It's part of a bigger problem because Best Friends Animal Society of Los Angeles, Best Friends is an Animal Rescue, had recently launched an initiative to make L.A. a no-kill city. However, in order to achieve this, L.A. Animal Services would encourage business owners like Rachel to take in more and more older and sick pets as a way of reducing the shelter population. So L.A. Animal Services kept releasing animals to Rachel. However, reports started surfacing that Rachel was hoarding animals and that they were living in harmful conditions and not being taken care of very well. Fuck. So L.A. Animal Services, the very company that had enabled this, was then forced to investigate the Lucky Puppy Pet Shop. Rachel, along with Sandra Vasquez, who had been Josh's girlfriend and was Rachel's business partner, Mm -hmm. were both arrested for animal cruelty. Oh, my God. The women were forced to give up their business and all the animals. They were forced to do community labor, attend animal cruelty counseling, pay all the court fees and fines, and pay L.A. Animal Services for vet costs and care of the animals, which was in the thousands. So that's just a side case that came from this case.
1: It's kind of devastating all around. You know what I mean? Like, and obviously, I don't want to draw that connection, but like, they both have gone through a trauma of losing their brother and partner. And I could see why, you know, maybe they weren't putting their all into their business, but that's not fair to the animals. Yeah.
0: I mean, I'm glad that the animals were taken away. I'm glad that they were
1: taken away. But, you know, I just, I feel, I feel for them. Yeah. And I can understand. Having to you know deal with all of that and then go through a trial and then the guy only gets six mm-hmm. fucking years for and he's killing. And out. he's out. And he's out. What is he doing now? Do you know? I think
0: he's living a pretty low key, low key under the well, radar life. You
1: better, like.
0: And here's the thing. So Rachel says that the reports of the animal abuse came from, and this is alleged because I don't know that this is verified at all. This sure. is just what she believes. Sure. That those reports came from Medina's fans, and. On the one hand, it's like, well, I'm glad that, you know, the situation was put out in the open and those animals yeah. could get out of there. But afterwards, they just dragged her online. These mm-hmm. these anonymous people online. And she eventually deleted all of her social media accounts. She kind of, like, retreated into the abyss.
1: Does he have a big fan base?
0: Back then, I Back think then he, then did. he did. Back
1: then, he did. Yeah. And, uh, yikes.
0: Yeah, and it's crazy because... His agent, uh, I think his name is Gar Lester, said, like, I can't believe that that he would do anything like this. I've known him for 12 years. He's a great guy. He loves his dog. He's just a great man. He's the best. It's like you never know.
1: You never know. What
0: is brewing in someone's mind.
1: You never know what's going on underneath the surface.
0: Terrifying. Yikes. Let us know your thoughts on instagram facebook or youtube at
1: horrorwood podcast or
0: you can shoot us an email at
1: Horrorwoodpodcast at gmail.com
0: or you'd be like you in and join us on the patreon at
1: patreon.com slash horrorwood podcast or if you want to talk to me about power rangers and your <laughs> memories you know do that do that <laughs> Go to social media and tag me or something. I'll I'll gladly discuss oh, Power Rangers. Yes.
0: He would love to have an ear to talk about Power Rangers. After ten thousand years I'm free. It's time to conquer Earth. While you're conquering it, don't do murder, people. Don't yeah. buy swords. Maybe just don't keep a samurai sword in your bedroom. Someone could use it against you.
1: It could fall off the wall. We've got samurai swords on walls in L.A.
0: I don't even think it was on a wall. I think he had it at the Oh, wedding. I'm just thinking
1: like earthquakes, like swords falling.
0: Oh.
1: Terrifying.
0: You know what? I dated a guy who, when I was in L.A., we lived together and he would not let me put any pictures or anything on the wall because he said if there's an earthquake they'll all shatter oh. it's kind of bleak that as is- was that relationship <phone rings>